Good afternoon, patriots. This is Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we will talk about a few of Chairman Biden's first-day executive orders and their impact on our lives. All next on Living with Liberty. Joe Biden signed 17 executive orders in his first day in office. Now, I'm not a big fan of the executive orders. Um, they're really serving as a legislative function at this point, as as our congressional leaders can't seem to get anything through, can't seem to come to an agreement on anything. Um, really, uh, the executive orders now is seems to be the way to go and or the way things are going. And um, really, you know, as I view it, it's moving us more towards a to dictatorial government than anything else. But that, you know, most of that will be a topic for the other day. Today, I want to focus on uh, what these executive orders are that Biden signed in his first days in office here and what's their impact to our lives. Eleven of those uh, executive orders that he signed really were the start of erasing Trump's legacy in office. Many of these I view as setting us back here in America in terms of jobs, uh, independence from foreign oil, rolling back more of our liberties, and really just sucking the taxpayers' bank accounts dry. There's a few that are just absolute killers. One in particular that is an absolute killer for women's, let's call it women's, um, you know, rights and equality in, in sports. You know, instead of being the president for all Americans, old president unity here has been the president for the fringe of the Democratic Party. President unity even managed to piss off Canada despite his promise to restore America to a place of global prominence. Angering an ally certainly doesn't seem like a good way to do that, uh, to restore America to the top of the world stage here. Let's look uh, at a few of, I don't want to go through all 17, so we'll take a look at a few of the more, what I would say are impactful executive orders. First one, rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement. This one just shows how either naive, dumb, or in the pocket of the Chinese Biden is. Maybe it's all three. If anyone thinks China or India or Russia or really any other emerging economy uh, is going to abide by the Paris Climate Agreement with, when push comes to shove, they're severely mistaken and going to be severely disappointed. The only reason that we get sucked into these useless world agreements is to bankroll them and let other countries weaken us. We end up footing the bill for a big chunk of these things. We end up one of the few that actually try to, for whatever reason, hit these targets at the expense of our own economic growth and the prosperity of our own people. You know, don't think for a second that China, Russia, or or India are going to sacrifice their GDP growth targets in the name of reducing carbon emissions, especially when they know the U.S. will be stupid enough 
to hammer its own people and industries into compliance. Who is going to enforce this thing anyway at the world level? Are there any penalties for non-compliance of the Paris Agreement? No, I didn't see any. So why not put our own interests and our citizens' interests and our industry's interests above some agreement that when push comes to shove, countries will stop following the minute it hurts their own growth or agenda? Protecting the planet is a noble idea, one I fully support. We need to do things to help preserve the you know, our environment. It's, it's important to have clean water and healthy air to breathe. Don't get me wrong here. And, you know, it's, it's an idea that we should undertake seriously. As I, you know, mentioned, it has implications on our overall health and, and well-being, you know, as humans and, you know, our environment and, and uh, you know, even the, the uh, animals that, you know, live on the planet. I like to do a little fishing. I know a lot of you out there like to do a little hunting or, or you know, even hiking, things like that. You know, it's important to preserve the environment for those things, to have, an, uh, you know, a nice, clean, healthy environment. But the way I see it, you know, this Paris Agreement, like other international agreements of, of this type, there are no real penalties for the non-compliance. So we, sh- we shouldn't put our country at a disadvantage by over-regulating our industries and destroy the, the you know, the lives of, of our citizens at the expense of falling behind uh, the rest of the world. I think this is a bad move jumping back into the Paris Agreement. And because, you know, once again, push comes to shove, the United States will carry on the burden of this thing. And it will hurt our country and economy and our citizens. The next one I want to talk about is the canceling of the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. You know, nothing says screw you like killing off 11,000 union jobs when the uh, with the uh, stroke of a pen here. You know, not only that, not only did it kill jobs, this angered Canada, it angered Justin Trudeau. This was one of his projects uh, that he was very invested in. And, and Trudeau is, <laughs> as my Canadian friends know, and I think a lot of us know, Trudeau is no... A conservative by any means. Joe Biden has done more to kill off union jobs than any Republican ever could. This is really what you get, though, when you vote party over candidate. Apparently, since the unions turned out the vote for Biden, they thought their jobs would be spared. They thought that union or that the unions thought Biden would have their backs. That's wrong. Ideology knows no bounds here. The old definition here of useful idiot applies. I'm going to pander and pander and pander to you. But, you know, when it comes down to your interests, yeah, forget you. I I don't care. And that's exactly what Biden did here with the uh, canceling of the, the Keystone Pipeline. Um, you know, it, it, you look at this, it's it's also Trump derangement system. No syndrome. Sorry, syndrome knows no bounds here. This is very short sighted. and. You know, here's how short-sighted canceling the Keystone Pipeline is. Now, if you think about it, a pipeline to send fuel and oil through and natural gas would be a very green alternative uh, to trucking it and and putting it in tank cars on on trains, all you know, either pulled by a diesel semi truck or a diesel uh, locomotive. It's very efficient, 
And there'd be, again, little to no emissions here by building this pipeline. You can make an argument, you know, it does something to the landscape and there's risk for uh, that pipeline leaking, but there's all kinds of sensors and everything else they put on these pipelines and they do regular checks to ensure that nothing's going to, or if a leak does happen, nothing's, you know, they're going to be on that right away. You have the same risk with a, a tank truck or a bunch of tank cars on a train. Um, you know, a tank truck's going to, you know, could tip over and spill all over the highway and you have many tank cars on a train. Imagine if that thing derailed and a bunch of those things spilled and, you know, it's kind of the same thing as if a, a pipeline bursts. Um, so it's not really a solid argument here. Uh, you know, and you think about this too. So Canada is going to keep pumping the oil from the tar sands there, and there's going to continue to be a market for it. And that market, uh, the oil needs to get to that market. So, you know, apparently we need to reduce emissions by our own, you know, president's emission here by getting back into the Paris Agreement. We want to reduce emissions. So instead of uh, constructing a pipeline to help us do that, let's send that oil to market by rail or by truck with either diesel locomotives or diesel tanker trucks, both of which pollute and have the uh, um, the perception of being bigger polluters than maybe a regular gasoline engine even is. You know, so not only that, you know, we're we're killing this pipeline. We're coupling that with our jump back into the Paris Accord. Our electricity and heating costs are going to go up. You know, I live in the in the north here. And heating season typically is about five or six months long. See, really, this is just what I want. You know, a bigger part of my budget heading to heating bills because we need to get back into an, what I view as an unenforceable agreement and kill the oil pipeline because Trump has just hated so much. So we have to erase everything that he's done. Now, the next one I want to bring up is this idea of uh, re-entry into the WHO really just what we need, re-entry into an obviously corrupt international organization, an organization that we accounted for most of its funding. Yet they, the meaning the WHO, apparently answer to China only. Uh, personally, I am all for getting out of these corrupt world bodies. What does the WHO do for us, the United States, and what do we funnel money to them to do that we couldn't do for ourselves? It only serves as a money laundromat to me. Now, we here in the United States could just as easily distribute medical supplies and vaccines and healthcare information and whatever else the WHO does across the world. We have that capability. We have the systems in place to do that. This is just a useless organization that if we got out of, permanently, we could use that money for the American people, or we could use that money to actually set up our own organization, if you will, here in America that would do what the WHO does, and we wouldn't have to filter money through multiple layers. But there again, like I said, it's a money laundromat, so that's exactly what the elites want, is a place to just funnel some money through, and they can strip some off the top and fiend like they're distributing medical supplies and vaccines and and information, uh, you know, on how to live a more healthy lifestyle. All stuff that 
again, we don't need an organization at the world level to do. So the next one I have, and this one, you know, is, is um, I think, a big one, is stopping the construction of the wall and stopping deportation of those who are here illegally. Now, this piece of it, uh, particularly the stopping of the deportation, uh, is, to me, as I read the Constitution, a violation of Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. And that's uh, that article in Section State, that the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each one of them against invasion. Now, illegal immigration, to me, is a form of invasion. The throwing open of the border is in direct conflict to the Constitution that guarantees protection against invasion, in my opinion. The president's job is to uphold the Constitution, to protect this country, and it's to uphold the Constitution's guarantees of the rights and liberties of all legal citizens of this country. And legal citizens, I don't care if you're born here or you went through the naturalization process. I'm, again, not anti-immigrant. We need to do it legally. If we have no borders, we have no country. Now, the last one I want to touch on here, and this is one that has seen a lot of blowback on all sides, um, feminist group, Democrats, Republicans, it, it doesn't matter. It seems like the, the um, just the consternation around this is coming from all angles, is the one that allows biological men to compete in women's sports. Now, the party of science here wants to let men complete, compete in women's sports, even though we know there's biological differences. So now if we look at that, what is to stop some overzealous parents with sports dreams for their kid from pushing them as trans, uh, a transgendered athlete? What's to stop them from, you know, taking that route? You know, the party of science would have you believe biology doesn't matter. I hate to tell them it does. And these are just facts. Males are bigger and stronger than females. That's a, you know, that's a fact. We're, we're constructed differently. We've been made differently. Men are faster than females. Again, that, you know, that's a fact. I, I have yet to see a biological female uh, outrun a biological male in a foot race. There's no escaping the science of this. Men and women are made differently. Girls and women's sports will be destroyed because of this, because of allowing biological men who are transgender to take part in women's sports. Girls who would have gotten scholarships to play a sport in college will now be competing against biological males for those scholarships. And who do you think is going to get them? Who do you think is going to be, you know, bigger, stronger, faster at these sports? I fail, how, I fail to see how this is a win for anyone. What I see is this is slapping girls and women everywhere who have dreams of playing sports. You know, it's, it's just slapping them in the face. It's like telling them you need to suck it up because the boys are now going to be allowed to play in your sports. 
they're going to be allowed in your bathrooms and in your locker rooms. Now, we stopped shopping at Target long ago when they decided it was a good idea to allow men in women's bathrooms. Now, I think they backed off of that maybe a little bit, um, but truthfully, damage was done at that point. We haven't, you know, what was that, two or three years ago, maybe a little longer? We've been done with Target ever since. You know, and you look at it this way, too. With this, it just opens up a whole can of worms. At this point, there's nothing stopping a man from rolling into a woman's bathroom. There's no checks on if he truly identifies as a woman or not. That You know, that nobody's going to ask. Okay, well, it, it is what it is. You know, plebeians accept it. Men can go into women's bathrooms now. You know, I think this is a very dangerous precedent to be set here. We are just destroying society. Now, you know, I look at this and I know that at certain levels, I, one in particular I, I saw was the Olympic, uh, Olympic level here. There's a requirement uh, for hor uh, home hormone therapy in order to compete in uh, any event as a biological male competing in women's uh, sports. <laughs> okay, big deal. Who cares? That still doesn't change the fact that a male identifying as a female is still biologically different. The muscle and bone structure of that transgender female is still that of a male. It still allows them a certain physical advantage. This quest that the left is on for perceived equity is a perilous one. Inherent in their plans is discrimination against other groups in order to achieve said equity. It is in their quest to erase all of what makes us unique individuals and try to turn us into gender amorphous robots that comply without question to their ridiculous and stupid ideas and demands. It is more important now than ever before that we engage our state officials to stand up against this type of overreach. We need to stand up against this just wiping of our unique individualities. We need to stand up and, and make sure our state representatives stand up for us for our constitutional rights. It's apparent the federal government won't do it. Uh, you know, my hope here is that we see uh, you know, some of these uh, liberty groups across, you know, the country uh, pick and choose some of these these executive orders to go after uh, with legal challenges. It's been done before. FDR, I believe, had five uh, of his executives overturned at the Supreme Court. So there's precedent there for doing it. I, you know, I, I hope it's our states that bring it, but if not, I hope there's liberty groups out there that, that bring some suits against the most ridiculous one. I know resources are going to be a constraint here. We can't go after everyone, but we can go after the ones, if our if our elected officials in Washington won't do it and our state officials won't do it, hopefully that we can find a group out there that will do it, uh, you know, uh, for us. So, you know, hope is not uh, not totally lost here. We do have avenues to to go after some of the more egregious uh, and overreaching executive orders. Again, like everything else, though, it's going to take our activism and our effort to go ahead and do so. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd be so kind, 
please leave a positive review and subscribe. It'll help us move up the charts and help more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my podcast with your friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. Also, I'd be grateful if you subscribed to my podcast and signed up for notifications. It'll help you stay up to date with Living with Liberty. With Parlor Down, I can be found on MeWe by searching Living with Liberty. And I also now have a Telegram channel. The handle there is at Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.